Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast, episode 15. And today we have a special guest star, Arian Barry, back on the show again. Hello. Along with your normal cast of Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Today we are obviously going over a large chunk of our podcast is going to be dedicated to how about that the nfl specifically the outcomes of the nfc and afc games uh touching on some basketball and a pretty extended who's pissed off segment so stay tuned for that who wants to get us started in the nfc game kyle yeah so the saints and the rams squared off in the first championship game this weekend and for the majority of the game the saints had uh this game under control. Uh, the first half was practically a Saints-dominated half. The only time it got close was at half, just right before halftime when the Rams were able to punch it in on a run up the gut uh, with Todd Gurley uh, to make it a 13-10 score at halftime. Um, but the Rams were able to keep pace, and they came back in the second half and ended up tying the game uh, to send this game into overtime. Um, Jared Goff looked a lot better in the second half compared to the first half, and the Saints just didn't look as good on offense as they had um, in the first half. They had a really great drive to open up the second half, uh, similar to a drive that they had to start the game. But after that, the Rams kind of had control uh, for the most part, and in the end, um, the Rams were able to win the game on a game-winning uh, 57-yard field goal by... Wait, the field goal that they won on was game-winning? Yes. I a, wouldn't have guessed that. It was a game-winning field goal from 50, 57 yards out by Legatron, a.k.a. Greg Zerline. Uh, he booted it and probably would have been good from 66, but that's that's a moot point. Um, so the Rams will be going to the Super Bowl. Uh, first time that they have been in the Super Bowl since 2001. 2001. So you will be seeing the L.A. Rams in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Law. Ariane, do you have any Law. comment about the Rams being in the Super Bowl? Oh, you know, I'm not, not a big fan. Uh, obviously... St. Louis would have been nice. They could do it when they were there, but instead they up and left, screwed everybody in St. Louis, and then actually tried to win once they got to California. It wasn't very subtle either. Stan Kroenke pretty much blatantly tried to lose when they were in Missouri and then made all the moves to actually be a contender once he got to California. You'd think that would be against some kind of league rules, but they seemed to be into it because it made their earnings a little bit higher. Well, and, you know, they had to, the Rams had to pay each of the own each of the other owners a substantial amount in the tens of millions of dollars in order to relocate. So the owners also like uh, tens of millions of dollars for the heck of it too. So for those Except that are for San Diego, who got told Ooh. you have to be a tenant in this, <laughs> you can't be a co-owner. They basically told them they had to rent out space to be in an arena to be in LA. So that's kind of mean. For those that are unaware, uh, each each host here on this episode has a different NFL favorite team. Mine being the Bears, Kyle's. When did you wait? wait time out, time out, time wait. out. When did you pick the Bears as your favorite team? As of my favorite two weeks team ago, right you didn't now, have a favorite team. I don't, but like, that's, I wouldn't say they're my favorite team. I guess for classification, you I just suppose. said they were I your did, favorite team. I did. They're the team that I think I like the most. I don't, I don't have a favorite. I'm a baseball guy. I don't, I'm not a big NFL Go guy, baseball. but if I was an NFL guy, I think I would be a Bears fan. How about that? All right, that's better. You can continue now. I don't remember what point you're trying to make, but go ahead. So Kyle is our resident Chiefs fan, Mike, our resident Vikings fan, Josh, our Skull. resident Packers fan, and Ariana, resident former <laughs> former Rams former, fan. Former, he, he's a current Los Angeles Rams fan, but no, not a fan no. of the Los Angeles Rams. Did I say fan of the St. Louis Rams? But not the Los Angeles Rams. I was How about trying that? to be a fan of Kansas City, but man. Oh. Anyway, I think we interrupted your your spiel about the uh, NFC game, Kyle. <laughs> well, so something that was very controversial in the game uh, appeared at the end of the second quarter, or end of the second half, sorry. 
end of the second half, the Saints were driving and they had the ball in the red zone and they threw threw a pass and the Rams defender essentially tackled the Saints guy before the pass got there. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a little bit more later on in the segment, but it was a game changing call by the officiating crew. Had it been a pass interference penalty, like we, like we, like as it in everybody in the world thought it probably would have been a pass interference call, the game would have most likely ended there. The Rams yeah. were out of timeouts at that point. They essentially, could have kneeled it. Yeah, and so the Saints could have kneeled the ball out and won the game. So the Saints should be in the Super Bowl. But this didn't happen. The Rams were able to tie the game, and it went into overtime, and then the rest is history. So, yeah, that's that's the outcome of the NFC Championship game. And now we're going to uh, talk about the AFC Championship that has me uh, a little upset Ecstatic. Today. Uh, no, so nobody blue. likes Tom Brady. Yep. So over in the uh, AFC game, the night game between the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs at a uh, chilly Arrowhead Stadium, the wind chill was about five degrees for most of the game, so a little bit chilly down there. The uh, Patriots got off to a quick start with a uh, about an eight-minute touchdown drive to start the game, and for pretty much the entire first half of the game, the Chiefs' offense just looked abysmal. A lot of three and outs, a lot of uh, just unproductive drives leading them nowhere. The only thing that kept that game from being a blowout in the first half was Tom Brady doing a very un-Tom Brady-like thing and throwing an interception from the one-yard line when he was trying to find Rob Gronkowski in the end zone. That's about the only thing that kept that game from being a uh, a Patriots blowout. And it was 14 to nothing uh, Patriots at the half besides that fact. But then the, uh, in the second half, the Chiefs' offense was able to get started, was able to get going. They got a couple of touchdowns, and they ended up, uh, they ended up taking a lead with about three minutes left in the game, taking a four-point lead. But that was way too much time left for Tom Brady, who, drive, who drives down and uh, scores a touchdown of his own to take a three-points Patriots lead with about, what was it, about 50 seconds left in the game. If that, yeah. And then Pat Mahomes goes down, and uh, the best-named kicker in the business, Harrison Butker, hits a uh, it's a, what was it, about a 39-yard field goal at the end of it regulation pretty, yeah. to uh, tie up the game, and we head to overtime. And in typical NFL overtime fashion, it was very anticlimactic because one of the best players in football didn't even get to touch the ball because the Tom Brady and the Patriots drove right downfield to score a touchdown, and the game was over. Just like that, poof, game over, Patriots win. They are going to the Super Bowl again, and this marks the 16th time in the last 18 years that either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger has represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. Only twice in this century has a quarterback not named Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, the dominance of those three quarterbacks has been, uh, has been phenomenal over the last, over this century so far. Still mostly Brady, though. Mostly Brady, but you do have, you do have three appearances from Roethlisberger in there. You've got... Of course. One from Flacco. Uh, looks like, yeah, one from Flacco, four from Peyton Manning. I don't even know. Who is that guy? Sucks to be Rivers, right? I know. It does suck to be Rivers. I don't know who the quarterback... 2002 is not one of those three, but I don't recognize the guy's picture that I'm looking at. I don't recognize his picture. Kurt Warner. Uh, Kurt Warner. Right? I don't know. It could be. It. Uh, was that Kurt Warner? I don't know. No. Kurt Warner was on the Cardinals. They're in the NFC. Oh, right. I don't know who that is. Then. I'll look it up. So one thing I want to get into a little bit, and this appeared in both games today. So both games were in, were overtime games. And in my personal opinion, I would like to see the NFL change the overtime format from the first uh, team to possess the ball and score a touchdown wins the game. Otherwise, the next team to score will win the game. I believe, and this went. This was a case in point made today. I would have liked to have seen Jared Goff and Drew Brees go head to head 
from the 25-yard line, each possessing the ball, and see who can battle it out and win the game on their quarterback's shoulders. Because in both games, well, I guess not in both games today, we were able to see uh, the quarter, both of the quarterbacks in the NFC game. But in the AFC championship game, Patrick Mahomes was not able to possess the ball in overtime. And I believe that you should have the chance as an opposing team to be able to uh, have the opportunity to win the game in overtime rather than just basing your win off of who wins the coin flip at the beginning of the overtime yep. period. Uh, does anybody else have any comments on that case? Yeah, I would agree with that, obviously. I think it's kind of, if you can have a game where presumably the NFL MVP does not get to get on the field to give his team a chance to win, that that just kind of sucks. And especially in an offensive-driven league where 90% of the people can't name a person on their team outside of the quarterback, does it not make sense for them to be able to factor into their games? Like, no offense to any of the NFL defenses, but we kind of know how these rules are skewed these days. It's a scoring league, so everybody's deep offense should probably get a chance to do it. And we Most know teams aren't built around defense anymore. And we know what Bears league ratings say, right? League ratings lean more towards high, high-flying, high-powered offenses yep. like the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Rams this season. Nobody really, really enjoys watching. A nine to six brutal trenches uh, defensive slugfest. I like that. Mike does. I also like it, but most I like that. Perfect. Mike is old school football. Like defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. So has have oh, the Minnesota the Vikings had a defense to win a championship yet? No, I yes, don't think they so. Have. But but they haven't had an offense that was good enough to go with it. But has that Kirk Cousins move? You like that. You like that. Does anybody in Minnesota like that right now? Not really. Yeah. I never liked it. (laughs) Nobody ever liked it. But you did like Kirk Cousins saying you like that. I did. So my case is, I believe my case is made in an offensive league. We want to see more offense. We don't want to have everything rely on the defense. The only teams who that would have really benefited in the playoffs for uh, a defensive, like a de- being a defensive team, would have been the Ravens or the Bears, and both of those teams were ousted early on in the playoffs. The rest of the teams were have offensive firepower, with the Patriots having the least offensive firepower of the group. But of course, they have. I hate to say Man. this, they have one of the all-time great quarterbacks in NFL history on their team who can get the ball no matter where he is and go win a football game. So, yeah. Uh, NFL, you need Obviously, to change. the answer against that would just be player safety. That's really the only reason I think that it isn't those rules. They want to make sure that these guys who are paid millions of dollars and are the face of the league aren't out there potentially for like six, eight overtimes. And then when you have to play basically another game, possibly, like we've seen in college before, you get these guys, they complain about the fact that they have to play a Thursday night game. They would whine every time there was an overtime game. They pretend like that Thursday night game that gives them a short week. They act like they don't have a long week on the other end. They're such whiners about it. So anytime there was an overtime game that lasted more than two periods, you would just get the Players Association up in arms. I So I guess my thing is to, uh, to add to that, the only thing you can do to, um, make, to add a little bit of flair to it is maybe for the first overtime they go head-to-head from the 25-yard line, but in the second overtime, you do what uh, college does, I believe, in the fourth fourth overtime, is you make the teams go, go for two. two. So start that much earlier and in the try and uh, keep the games a lot shorter because right. going for two makes it a little bit harder or maybe make it going for two in overtime from instead of the two or the three, back it up to maybe the five. So Yeah. There's, there's ways you can experiment with it. I really hope that the NFL tries to experiment with it in preseason, if there are any overtimes in preseason. But they don't I'm 100% for it. I just oh, doubt it'll happen. happen. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. Because nobody really cares about those. Nobody hours. cares about the preseason anyway. Yeah. So I do have two fun facts for you here. So, first of all, that quarterback from 2002 whose picture I couldn't recognize was Oakland's Witch Gannon. Which Gannon, oh, AFC quarterback in 2002. 
And second of all, this was the first time ever that two playoff games have gone into overtime on the same day. And to have it happen when there were only two playoff games, that was actually, well, I mean, there's really only ever two playoff games on a given day because they play on Saturdays in the playoffs. I digress. It was right. still pretty cool to have two playoff games going to overtime on the same day. A lot of free football for us today. Regardless, yeah, regardless of the outcome of the games, it was pretty fun football throughout. I felt like I was on the edge of my seat for most of both games. It was pretty fun. Yeah, for the end, pretty much from like five minutes left in the fourth quarter on, we were uh, standing on furniture here in 83-11. So we were, it was definitely As intense. As usual. So. So you say that the games were, were fun on, on the edge of your seat type of games, but I feel like the outcome of both of those left some people upset. So can somebody tell me who's pissed off this week? I mean, I think it's easier to tell you who's not pissed off. I think everybody outside of like New England is probably pissed. I don't even know if, you, if you're an L.A. Rams fan, are you really pumped? Are you excited about that, that the rest gave you a victory? And I mean, like... Honestly, when we saw that call down there at the end and Sean Payton called a really crap short pass play right there when they should have run the ball, obviously, to run that, I thought that was a terrible call. They were kind of set up poorly anyway. And then instead of like winning the game, they just get given it by the refs and they honestly just don't even deserve to be in the, in the Super Bowl at all. So that sucks. Also, last time I came on here, I predicted that they would not be in the Super Bowl. So that's like... It hurts me double because they made my prediction wrong and it should have been right. So I'm pissed all over. I hate the Patriots and the Rams. They're my two least favorite teams. I don't even know who to root for in the Super Bowl. Root for the halftime show. What is that? Maroon 5, uh, Kendrick, not Kendrick. Travis Scott. Travis Scott and Big Boy. Big, oh boy. Yeah, Big so Boy, excited. B-O-I. <laughs> yeah, that'll That's be great. spell boy. No. Boy? Also, yeah. I boycott the Super Bowl halftime show. I've never watched a Super Bowl halftime show in my Are life, and I don't plan on starting. Are you boycotting it this time? Why? Because you should not have a musical performance in the middle of a uh, the biggest football game ever. You're you in March. Isn't that what marching bands are? You should never have a major concert in the middle of a football game. I would argue that con- marching band is a major concert. It's not event. a major concert. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It because Everybody you, goes to see you football don't have games. To put, you don't have to well, put a stage on and off the field in the middle of the football game for the marching band. But you could. We just don't You're because building that's a stage lame. Out of people. Hold on. Ariane's got something for us. We are the stage as a marching band. You feel me? You're not wrong. No, I don't feel you. <laughs> I just think it's weird that somebody who spends every Saturday playing music in the middle of games doesn't like music in the middle of games. I don't like rock concerts slash concerts in the middle of games. That's not the point. So if they only had marching band performances, would you be down for that? I'd be down for that, yes. That's what belongs. That, that is traditionally what belongs in the middle oh, of football. Oh, you're just an game. elitist. I'm a traditionalist. Same thing. Marching band and football go together like turkey and ham go together on Thanksgiving. It it's just who meant has ham to be. on Thanksgiving? Okay, so unpopular, unpopular opinion. A lot of people like ham for Thanksgiving mainly because the only way I have found to have a great turkey for Thanksgiving is deep frying it because it's the only way to really keep it moist. If you do your turkey any other way then it's dry. So How, I prefer ham. Why the hell ham. are we talking about turkey on Thanksgiving right now? So why? Super Bowl turkeys. Tur- turkey. No, I'm pissed off. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike's pissed off because of the Super hey. Bowl halftime show. I'm pissed off because Kyle doesn't know how to do a podcast. And Aaron's <laughs> just pissed off at the world. Like, at, least, at least you're not as pissed off at your defense as I am oh, with the Chiefs defense. defense. So you're pissed off too? I am pissed off. So the Chiefs defense only Wait, shows up. Who has ham at Thanksgiving? I can't get over that. We still didn't finish hey, the conversation. Hey, you're done. The Chiefs what? defense only shows up in the divisional round against the Colts the entire year. The only time they show up is against the Colts. The game that we yeah. need them the most to actually make plays and stop Tom Brady, they don't. We had the game sealed with a tipped interception, but who lines up offsides? D Ford. Are you freaking kidding me? He is the only person besides Chris Jones who has been able to rush the quarterback all year, and we weren't able to get a single quarterback, essentially pressure or hurry on Tom Brady, clean pocket all night, 
but then you line up offside when we could have had a game-sealing interception, you dingus. Yes, I use that word on our podcast. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just still trying to figure out who it's I definitely am more of a... Oh, all right. <laughs> We're having some technical difficulty with Arian. That's awkward. Uh, sorry, buddy. Do you have ham for Thanksgiving, Kyle? I do. So we do have ham from Thanksgiving, and we... Uh, okay, this that, is... That, no, th- I didn't need the story. I needed the answer to the question. Wyatt, do you have ham on Thanksgiving? Um, no. I mean, sometimes, I guess. Don't hate it until you try it, though. But it's Don't like, hate it I, until I, you try I, it. But, Josh, ham on Thanksgiving, yes or no? What? We have beef roast. What? Josh says they have beef roast on Thanksgiving. Basically, I'm figuring out that everybody else who lives in this apartment is insane. And Kyle is poking me in the ear. I mean, you also you also have turkey in addition to ham, yes, right? We do it's have, not like you just have ham. We have turkey and ham. It's just ham is a compliment to the turkey. And some people prefer ham over turkey. Okay, let's see if we have. But it's Thanksgiving. You eat Aran turkey. Back yet? I am back. You Hello. are back. Hey. Do you have cool. ham on Thanksgiving? No, we're done with this. I can't say as I do. I really feel like ham is much more of a Thanksgiving dish than a than a thanks or it's a Christmas dish, not a Thanksgiving. Thank dish, you. Right? Thank you, Ariane. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, how have we not talked about that awful no call yet? Oh. In the NFC game, Didn't where we? there was blatant helmet to helmet contact and. Nary flag was on the field. Nary, nary, nary a flag. I mean, I did touch on it. You touched it. on it, but we we're gonna save it for this segment specifically because I'm really pissed off about this. I the, it has to be one of the worst calls in recent history. I mean, I can't think of a, a more obvious. The man tackled him. The league already admitted it. Yeah, it Sean Payton called it. them after the game yeah. and they admitted that it was wrong. <laughs> because it, it, how did? Okay, first of all. How did one person not throw a flag? Not even one. Right? Not even one. On the entire field. That could have been thrown from the opposite side of the field. The side judge on the other side could have thrown a flag on that. It was that that obvious. That The job of the official is to uphold the integrity of the game. And that, that, that did not happen there. It's, I, it's, it's not just, even a call where you can say, I can see both sides. It's just like, obviously, everyone, like, I don't know. Every rep on the field must have sneezed at once, so their eyes were closed <laughs> or something. I don't know how it happens because, like I said, it was just a straight-up tackle. Like you said, there was helmet-to-helmet contact even, and just apparently that's good. Honestly, I don't know how. The, re- the, the Rams coaching staff was probably like, don't say anything, don't say anything. We got away <laughs> with one. Don't say anything. I, I read... I read a quote from, I believe it was Roby Anderson who had the hit, and he said he thought he was going to get flagged. And apparently the ref told him that he thought the ball was tipped at the line, which very much wasn't. So he thought <laughs> well, it didn't that, matter. No, no, that, that, that's not his call to make, right? What? <laughs> so right, the official at the line of scrimmage has to make the tip signal. If the referee in the uh, referee who's watching that wide receiver doesn't see the official at the line make the tip signal, he has to throw the flag and if the referee did happen to make the tip signal, they can have a conference and talk about it and pick up the flag later. You got to throw the flag originally. Yep. You've got to call it nice. based on his, his job was to watch that wide receiver corner combination, right? Each ref has a job on his play. The ref on that side's job was to watch that wide receiver in corner, not focus on whether or not the ball is tipped or not. Yeah. He's got to throw the flag and somebody else can correct him if the ball is tipped. The fact of whether or not the ball is tipped is actually challengeable even. Right, but you couldn't challenge the pass and the non-pass interference call. You got to throw the flag if you think there's pass interference. As awful, disorganized, and uncommunicative that the NFC officiating crew was, can we give kudos to the officiating crew for the AFC game? Though the AFC due diligence, (laughs) they did a great job officiating that game. In my opinion, they They had a lot of tough calls that I think they got right. The only thing that I think they did wrong was they. There was a weird roughing the passer oh, I'm pissed call off about where, that that one too. where somebody like high five Tom Brady's chest or something. He and like brushed the face mask barely. I don't even think he touched it. So he swiped down and Tom Brady's face mask like flinched a little bit, but he hit his shoulder and chest and his arm. So 
I, that was the weakest roughing the passer call I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's that's like a legacy call if I've ever seen one, right? That's the Tom <laughs> Brady call. So you can't breathe on Tom. So Brady. the only two quarterbacks who would get that call: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Only two quarterbacks who would ever get that call. You in get fact, anywhere near them. You I think Aaron Rodgers did get a call almost exactly like that in a game versus the Bears a couple years ago. Yeah, you breathe on them, you wink at them, you flinch in their general vicinity, you <laughs> smile at them, you'll get a flag thrown on you. So I don't know what you can do, but... That was a pretty bad call, but overall, they had a lot of tough decisions to make during that entire game, and I think they did a fantastic job of... Like, both sides. I think Chiefs fans um, and New England fans can agree that almost every call, besides, besides that one maybe, was spot on. So another yeah. one that could be, or that people could be upset about, was the pass interference call uh, that Sammy Watkins uh, was the benefactor of um, down the sideline. But there was also a roughing the passer penalty on the Patriots anyway that was blatant. So it, it didn't, didn't really matter, matter too much. They it got an, an extra five to ten yards out of the play with the spot foul, but it was a great officiating game and they did really well especially standing out there for three hours in the cold so that was chilly Woo. not as cold as it was supposed to be though they said it was going to be like negative two degrees yeah it was supposed to be much colder but then, yeah then i will say i feel like tom brady <laughs> isn't as good as he gets credit for i'm not saying he isn't one of the best but i'm saying if you put tom brady on not bill belichick's team i guarantee you he doesn't win that many anything like bill belichick doesn't get as much credit as he should in the duo for me it's like a like a 60 40 split at worst in belichick's favor but because brady's the one out on the field obviously making the plays he's gonna get most of the credit but i think belichick is a little bit better than brady yeah, I think you're correct. I think the schemes that Belichick throws out there are just are so good that I mean Brady obviously executes them very very well, and he yes. is he is one, one of the, the smartest players that's ever played quarterback. But the schemes are still just phenomenal from Belichick too. That do a long way in helping Brady with all the success that he has. I think I agree with you that Belichick is the uh, more important member of that combination between between Brady and Belichick. Cool. Um, are you guys? cool to talk about our amazing men's basketball team now and how so. the Cyclones stomped all upon Texas Tech and how we had an episode last week about how awful our team was and how we are obviously wrong. So, <laughs> no, let, let's just talk again this week about how awful our team is so they do well again next week. <laughs> that, that seems to make sense to me. So, the Cyclones were able to uh, fix their woes of past as they were able to roll into Lubbock and pull out a victory over Texas Tech. Texas Tech uh, came into the into the week ranked eighth in the nation. They were undefeated in Big 12 play, uh, gunning for their first ever 5-0 start. But the Cyclones came or er, stopped that bus to a screeching halt. So the the win streak in Lubbock ended. Uh, as the Cyclones were able to come away with a victory there. And Mary Alshayok played really well. And as I had said uh, previously, that I didn't want Lindell Wigington taking free throws. Coach Prome must have listened to our podcast uh, as Shayok took the free throws um, at the end of the game to kind of put the game on ice as well. And then the Cyclones were able to return back to Ames and hold off an Oklahoma State team that was a little short-handed. Uh, I heard this from Mike earlier today. They had suspended three of their no, one of their one of their players had left about left the program about two weeks ago, and then on Wednesday they uh, they kicked three more players off the team. So Oklahoma State only had nine players in uniform for the game, and one of those players was a walk-on. So they really only had eight players, and all week they hadn't even had enough people to do five-on-five five drills at practice because there's only nine guys on the team. So Oklahoma State had open tryouts to anybody who could prove they were a full-time student at Oklahoma State who uh, had health insurance and didn't have sickle cell. 
if you qualified on those three things, you could have tried out to be on the Oklahoma State basketball team last Thursday. Dang. <laughs> so the the Cyclones, all in all, had a great week after uh, losses to Baylor and to K-State. Um, and K-State's really gained momentum on say, another that, mode. That loss to K-State does not look as bad today no. as it did last, so, last week. An interesting uh, note that I saw um, that – uh, one of the Big 12 sports writers put out today, K-State, uh, in this week's games, they played uh, 80 minutes of basketball, and they never trailed at any point in those four games. And that one of those games was on the road at a uh, top 25-ranked top Oklahoma squad, and then against uh, TCU, which was picked middle of the pack in Big 12 play this year. Uh, so K-State's really on a roll. Um, but Iowa State is on a roll as well. So uh, one interesting tidbit that I also saw, um, Iowa State is an adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency as well as, oh gosh, as well as um, strength of schedule are in the top 75 in the nation. Now that doesn't sound great, but there's only three other, two other teams who can boast that resume right now, that being Duke and Michigan State. So Duke and Michigan State are both um, top 20 teams, I believe. Um, and They're both top five teams. Top five teams. So since, that, since those stats, or since 2016, I guess, uh, is what this... Um, but, but you said those, all three of those categories in the top 75... There are a lot more teams that qualify for that. You want me to rattle some off? Oh, it, maybe it's in the top. 20. Hit them up. Hit them up. Top Rat- twenty. Rattling more teams off in the okay, top. Okay. No, 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 no. I, sorry. Oh. I need to look it up, but I think it's top twenty-five. But since then, all of Virginia, the, Duke, Michigan State, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia Tech. All of those teams have been a five seed or better in Purdue, the NCAA Kansas. tournament. So, if the Cyclones are able to keep this up, it should be Nebraska, Kentucky. A great season for the Cyclones. Uh, this year but as we look ahead the Cyclones are now going to be squaring off against probably a top 15 I don't know where KU will land team uh, tomorrow night on Big Monday uh, 8 I doubt they hit much so. farther outside the top 10 honestly KU can do anything and still be good yeah. can they just get dropped out of the top 25 I mean I who it. loses <laughs> the West Virginia that's their first conference win to be fair, West Virginia has been way more in their games than their record shows. And you can never count West Virginia out of a game, especially if it's in Morgantown with Bob Huggins as their coach. So you, you can never count them out of a basketball game. So the Cyclones will face a tough test trying to beat KU in Lawrence uh, as they For had the previously second time done in, what, three years? Two they did that two, two years, years ago. ago yep. Two years. Two yeah. years ago. So. Yep. And also, coming up on Saturday, they also have another top 20 road test when they go to Ole Miss to play next Saturday in the really weirdly placed Big 12 SEC Challenge. Why you place it in the middle of conference play is beyond me. I like it. I think it's kind of dumb. I feel like it disrupts the flow of conference play to just have a weekend where you don't play a conference game in the middle of the season. I like just Big 12 teams going at it for a couple months. I feel like it's weird to put an interlude of a Big 12 SEC game in the middle there. It's going to be a good game for sure, but I feel like it's just weird to throw it in there. In my opinion, it gives you kind of a a no-pressure game, basically. Like, if you want to run out some weird stuff to work on some things you've had problems with in the beginning of the Big 12, do it now. And there were a couple years past where we had some people banged up and we essentially could sit them out for a game because it's basically like a preseason game where it doesn't count as much for conference. So it's kind of nice to get that break, in my opinion. But I can see your point as well. And and this Ole Miss team is not going to be a sleeper game at all. Um, They are, I believe, either 13-3 or 14-3 right now on the season. So they are playing some really good basketball. And the Cyclones haven't been able to win a game in this Big 12 SEC Challenge in, I believe, the past two seasons. Uh, That's correct. Two years ago, losing to Vanderbilt in, in Nashville, and then year. a very good Tennessee team uh, last year. So I'm really glad we don't have to play Tennessee this year, but we still get oh. another top top 20 uh, test in Ole Miss. So it's going to be a great game. Uh, we'll see how 
Ole Miss lines up against Big 12 teams um, against Iowa State and the Big 12 Conference this weekend. So I, I will be at that KU game tomorrow, so I'm super excited. I live in Lawrence, so I will be there right in the thick of it in my Iowa State jersey. Probably getting, you know, yelled at by KU fans, but I'll be there holding it down. I've, a couple of my friends are going down for the game, too, so you won't be okay, the only good. Cyclone fan. There'll be at least four Cyclone fans at the game. All right, sounds good. I'm Those ready for Cyclones. It. I don't know. Um, is kind of a, I mean, they're kind of an enigma right now. They're still kind of dealing with what they want to do without the two big men that they expected to hold down their front court. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they want to play us. Their offense still looks uh, a little discombobulated with Azubuke not out on the court. Um, so Diedrich Lawson is is averaging 19.2 points per game and, and 11 uh, rebounds or something. Averaging a double double, so he's still playing really well for them. But they're still trying to get their chemistry with him playing the five spot. And both of their freshmen that are playing a lot of time that they've brought in have been a little bit lackluster, in my opinion. And Dotson and Grimes, they've just been fine. Yeah, Grimes hasn't been hasn't quite lived up to the expectation of being a top five recruit like they had expected. Um, so we'll we'll see how it shapes up um, throughout the rest of the season. But KU's still kind of leaving the door open for somebody to take take charge in the Big Twelve um, to usurp them as uh, the king of the Big Twelve for this season. But this is this is the same inevitability of the Patriots being in the AFC Championship game. Like you know what's going to happen no matter what happens halfway through the season. Like. K is just going to win the Big 12. We hate it. It sucks. But I just feel it. It always happens. No matter what happens, it'll probably still be there. KU is always going to be there. We can always hope. The tournament, we're in for the tournament. (laughs) That's true. Win the tournament for the fifth time, or for the fourth time in six years? Is that what it is? That would be nice. That would be fun. I like Big 12 Can't win the regular season, but the tournament's more fun anyway. I agree. So besides the uh, Iowa State men's team, the Iowa State women's team had a little bit of a uh, up-and-down week. Uh, they started off the week on Wednesday by going to Morgantown and losing to a uh, West Virginia team, a good, a very good West Virginia team, not quite as good as Iowa State has been, but still a very good uh, West Virginia team. They lost a tight game there. And then they came back on Saturday and uh, downed the Oklahoma Sooners in a game where the Cyclones scored 104 points. I don't. I had never seen the Iowa State women's basketball team score that many points. That was just overall an insane game. There were fouls galore. Women's college basketball games usually last about an hour and 50 minutes. That game lasted two hours and 10 minutes. That's how many fouls were called. Oklahoma shot 41 free throws over the course of that game. The pep band was running out of things to chant at opposing field goal or at opposing <laughs> free throw shooters. We literally chanted that we're running out of ideas because we were. We had nothing left. We were scraping the bottom of the barrel, but it was a really fun game and a really good win. Oklahoma's a bad team, so the Cyclones took care of business in downing the Oklahoma Sooners. And the Cyclone women also have a really big road test coming up this week. They go to number two Baylor on Wednesday in a really big game. Baylor is the best team in the conference by a pretty significant margin. So it would be really, uh, really interesting to see how the uh, Cyclone women per, uh, perform in a hostile environment at Baylor against a really good team. If they could come out of that with a win, it would be insane. But at least if they come out of there looking decent, it'll put us in, put us in decent shape as we continue on with the remainder of the season and hopefully a quest for a top four seed in the women's big 12 tournament that's coming up. So also as a note for men's college basketball that I wanted to add is that we lost both of our two remaining undefeated teams on Saturday, Virginia falling to Duke and Michigan falling to Wisconsin. We have no more undefeated teams in men's college basketball. I feel like it's pretty late to still have an undefeated team. I mean, Occasionally, you have the team that's really, really good, but I feel like normally we lose our undefeated teams earlier than we did this year. And on another Saturday note, was... five, 
Five teams for in the top college. ten lost throughout the course of the week. Duke lost to Syracuse, obviously. Um, and then uh, Virginia lost to Duke this weekend. Kansas lost. Texas Tech lost twice. And uh, Michigan lost as well. So we'll see a little bit of a shakeup in the top ten of these rankings this week. Yeah, it was quite an exciting week of college basketball there. It really hey, was. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. Do yes, you see what do you see what time it is? is I it, bedtime? I think it's I is think it? it's time for everybody's <laughs> least favorite segment, which is Mike's stupid rules with two O's. Stupid. Mike's Mike's stupid rules. Yep. So in Mike's incredibly awesome rules segment that I know Ariane loves from when we it's had my him favorite last time. part. That's not true. See, this is why we keep we should have Ariane on more often. But anyway, so yeah. the rule that I'm going to explain, we're going to do something I've never done before. We're going to go to football. I don't Whoa. think I've ever done a football rule. I think I know a lot of the football rules. And the why rule are you that, doing this one? The rule that we're going to explain is that we're going to explain pass interference. <laughs> obviously, there are some uh, some people who uh, maybe were in New Orleans today and maybe were wearing black and white stripes that uh, don't know what a pass interference call is. Why would a Foot Locker employee be at a Saints game? Well, I mean, I thought I knew what what pass interference was, but I watched that game and I'm a little unsure. So, Mike, can you can you educate me? Please explain. Yeah. So pass interference is when you've got a defensive player who interferes with an eligible receiver's ability to uh, catch a pass. So this could include things like pushing, tripping, grabbing their arms, uh, tackling, headbutting. All those things that you saw during that uh, play at the end of the Ram Saints game would qualify yes. as pass Mike, interference. It, it seems like what you're describing is exactly what we saw and what they didn't call. I'm very confused on that. Exactly. So that I just wanted to, to talk about this so everyone would be on the same page as for what the what pass interference was. So when the Super Bowl comes around here in two weeks, we're able to uh, we're able to be on the same page so we can all watch football more intelligently. I have a question. If, yeah. If somebody on the on the field were to commit pass interference, are you supposed to throw those little yellow square things? The yellow hankies. The, oh, the ha- they're hankies. Yeah. Are you I supposed to throw those on the field notes. when that happens, Mike? No, you're supposed to take off your shoe and throw it at the uh, receiver. Oh, gotcha. Well, I'm glad we have that all cleared up now. No, you are supposed to throw the the yellow, little yellow hanky. Oh, and really? The, 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 yeah. And and the penalty for that is it. The ball gets placed at the spot of the foul, and it's an automatic first down in the NFL. Is it supposed but to happen? But I thought they pulled out a little card that was either yellow or red, and then they handed it to that's the... that's soccer. Oh, almost, sorry, that's almost soccer. Sorry. Ball. They, don't, they don't hand it to the person in soccer, Kyle. Oh, okay. They just show they it. They just to show them. it in their okay. face. Okay. Yeah. It's like you you come here and then I hold so it up in front of your it's face. It's like you're bad, but yeah. they should have done that to the Rams' defensive player, thrown a flag at him, and said you're bad. Yes, that is exactly what was supposed to happen. Got it. Now I am edumacated for the Super Bowl. I'm glad we all know how football works now. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, I think we have some write that down predictions that are be going to be coming off the board this week in the accountability session. Can you give that to us, Mike? Um, yes, but that transition did, made no sense. How does it two, did to me? <laughs> did you, you say something about you the Super Bowl? You essentially did two plus two equals five there. So <laughs> can you prove that? Still more competent than an NFL official. But I hey. can I can prove that the uh, product of three consecutive integers must be divisible by three. I had to do that for my homework this week. Ew, gross. That's a lot easier to prove than two plus two equals five. Listeners, that just put me to sleep. Hey, that means it was something. I found, I I found something you liked less than Mike's incredibly awesome rules segment, so that's a success. Accountability session, go. Okay, yeah. So first prediction off our board for our accountability session was the Ariane slash Kyle prediction that the Rams will not go to the Super Bowl. For that, Ariane slash Kyle get a nah because the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Thanks, Ariane. Hey, you know it shouldn't have been. It should have been right. You're right. I agree. The uh, next prediction to come off the board was my prediction that the Saints will win by double digits. They lost, which is not winning by double digits, so I get a nah. The next prediction to come off the board was uh, Kyle at the start of the fourth quarter today told us to write that down, that the Chiefs will win this game. For that, Kyle gets a nah. 
Um, I'm sorry, listeners, that the Chiefs didn't pull this one out. Josh, with one minute and 20 seconds left in the game, said that the Patriots told us to write that down, that the Patriots would win. For that, Kyle, uh, Josh gets a ding, 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 gets a correct prediction. And we have one more in our accountability session. Last week, Kyle predicted that the Chiefs will cover the spread in the game. The Chiefs were three-point favorites. They lost. That means they did not cover the spread. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. That is it for our accountability session for this week. Let's move into our predictions. You want to lead off for us, Kyle? Yeah, so uh, the Cyclones guard, Terrence Lewis, uh, who is a sophomore this year, I am predicting that he will transfer at the end of the season. I'll give you a double for that, I think. What do you think, Wyatt? I don't know what I think. Um, I never thought about him transferring, I guess. Um, that's not very outlandish, though. No. So in my head, I'm also thinking a double. I looks like Kyle right? gets a double for yeah. that prediction. Kyle, double. All right, am I up next? I'll go next. My prediction is I'm going to go with an NBA prediction here. I'm just going to jump around all sports. And we're going to say that when uh, NBA All-Star rosters are announced, that uh, Derrick Rose will have finished in the top three in votes for Western Conference guards. What is he at right now? Uh, during the last update, which came midweek, he was two. currently number two in yeah. Western Conference guards. So, Double. so not, not very bold. What do you guys think? Single, double, triple, home run, grand slam, home what? run. No, home definitely run. not. No, double. That feels double. that feels like a single. God, no. Oh, Ari. Oh, Arion. Give it. Really? Give Give us your your why? Uh, take on it. Why Why are you saying single? I mean, he's already there. You just said he's going to maintain. You just said nothing's going to happen. Essentially. I am going to flip exciting, my vote. Thanks to Arion's persuasive so. nature. Just for. Just to hold that, like, isn't... But literally, since <sighs> the first ratings were released, he's been there, and he hasn't gotten knocked out yet. He's going to so... get knocked out. It's inevitable. It has I don't to happen. believe it. It's, it's got to happen. So like... two content creators of this podcast said single. But an OG of 8311 says single as well. Crap. Wait, what? That's true. What the am problem, I saying? I'm saying a double, and I think I'm getting... It doesn't matter about how good people are. It matters about how exciting and fun they are, and everybody <sighs> likes for Derrick Rose to not suck or be injured. So obviously you want to see that guy rewarded. It makes sense to me that he will stay there. I'm willing to accept a single because that's what I expected, and I get that's really fair. excited when you and always that's, gave me And that's what's double, on the so. sheet right now. I don't agree, but I'm being overruled, so... Cool. All right, Wyatt, what do you got for us? Um, I have Josh's prediction. Josh, go. Uh, my prediction is that it's a little long-term, but uh, my prediction is that uh, K-State is going to finish above Kansas in the Big 12 basketball standings. Whoa! Wow, that's a triple. Like, oh, my. Finish, finish, like, completely above or, like, tied with? Like, a full game above? He says tied. Tied or better? Tied or better. I'm still saying a triple. That's triple. a triple for me. Yeah, that's a triple. <laughs> if it would have been above, would have given you a home run. Wow. Above or tied will give you a triple. I don't ever see a Bruce Weber coach team beating KU. In As long as they're a Bill Self coach team. Yes. As long as they're a Bill Self coach team. I KU and K-State still have yet to play, for all of our listeners out there, just in case you were wondering. And in this series, in the past – I believe it's six years. I think K-State has only won one game in six Well, they years. were robbed by another one when Sviatoslav Mikhailuk oh, the entire the half Spie of the court. Oh, the Mikhailuk travel from half court. Well, he traveled Wait. really from Kansas City to the basket. But for all of our listeners out there, in case you don't know, Kansas City is 45 minutes away from Lawrence. So he traveled a long distance. All right, Wyatt, what do you got for us? I'm going to say that Iowa State finishes first or ties for first in the conference. And this is... Oh, buddy. Yeah, that, that's what I got, yo. So ties do count for winning the Big 12 um, regular season title. Yep. Uh, this did happen with K-State and KU. Uh, it was the year that K-State won the Big 12 
title in football, and I believe that's 2012. I don't know if my memory is blanking on me, but that did happen before. So ties do count as winning uh, the Ravens. I will say they don't count with the national media because all they ever say is, Kansas always wins it. Kansas wins all the time. Sometimes you hear they've won or shared it, but they never, ever say who they shared it with. Yep. That's true. KU doesn't like to share. No. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a triple for that one as well, I think. I, I would agree. All right, we'll give it him feels a less outlandish than K-State finishing above KU, but that's still pretty bold. Yep, they're still on the same plane, I think. All right, Ariane. Hmm. All right. Um, my, my sarcastic prediction slash not sarcastic prediction is that that ref crew that ref that Saints game will not be refing a game in the playoffs <laughs> next year. That is not happening. What but am I? Oh, God. I would say that's my pretty prediction. Likely. <laughs> it's pretty likely. A single? <laughs> Can we get a bun? That's not my real prediction. My real prediction is Tyrese Halliburton will take less than six shots at the game tomorrow. Nah. Yep. Nah. That being H shooting. He, he, he scored two points against Texas Tech. Two points. And we still won. And he he had... will take less than six shots and we will win the game. Oh, and I'll up win? it. I'll oh. up it. Oh. All right. Oh. Wow. There it is. I'm feeling home run. Oh, oh really? I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a home run. You nobody wins in in we in the win fog. except we do. We're responsible for like forty. What it was like twenty percent of the wins in Allen Fieldhouse in the last ten years. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm feeling home run for that one. Let me home run. check one thing quick before I give it to you, though. Ooh, yeah, I'm feeling home run. What are we like seven point underdogs? Five. And and ESPN's Ooh. win predictor has. Us only 25%. having a twenty-five point eight percent chance to win this game. Yeah. So the ESPN's win predictor sucks. See, the thing is, I'm gonna be there though, and I'm really gonna give them that fire. Yeah. Do it. You do that. Give them the pregame speech. I'm gonna wear my little headband thingy from the Big Twelve tournament when we won. Yeah, buddy. They're gonna love it. Got it. They'll see me, and they'll well. Is anybody even still on the team from when I was in men's pep band? No, I guess probably Nick not. Weiler, bad, right? No. Oh, was it? Yeah, well, the Bab. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Nick and Solomon Young. Yep, and Solomon but Young. But he's not fine. He's kind of, isn't he broken well, he's, still? he's dead, so. Yeah, yeah, basically. I feel bad. I love that man. Cool. So you got a home run for that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. If it comes true. I, I mean, yeah, if it comes true. You're right, you're right. And uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that concludes the uh, accountability session and the write that down prediction segment as a it whole. It does. Which also means this is the end of the episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 8311 Cast, episode 15, featuring our special guest star, Ariane Barry. Signing off for the 8311 Cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Another special thanks to Josh Lang for coming out and giving us Write That Down Prediction, and I'm glad I didn't mess up the outro this episode. Thanks for listening to us. We'll talk to you every Monday. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, and we thank you for letting us bring all things sports to your beautiful ears. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Talk to you all next week.